I feel like if you really want to scale your business, it might sound like the opposite, but you need to find like what your specialty is. Yeah. You need to find what you are actually the best at. Because mm -hmm. just like I said, I can do everything, yeah. but I don't want to do everything. Because you have people coming in the door and you're doing, you know, a braid over here, you're doing a sewing over here, you're doing natural hair over here, you're doing a updo over here, like you're gonna drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Like you need to keep it streamlined. Mm -hmm. Like it's you know, that's when people say work smarter, not harder. Exactly. That's gonna make you work really hard, be really hard on your body. Mm -hmm. Just go with what you like the best. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Money Savvy CEO Podcast, where our goal is to transform hair pros into six-figure CEOs. Today, I am sitting here with a special guest, Rhonda of the Hydra Bar, the famous Hydra Bar. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, ever since we met, how long has it been now? So it's been about maybe a few months. Yeah, probably six months. Six months, yes. right. And I just knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because when I created it, it hasn't even been that, that new. I mean, it's that, that old. But I knew from the very beginning, I was like, I definitely want to talk to you because you have such a unique story and you've built such an amazing brand. So I just want to have a conversation that's recorded and, <laughs> and have everybody just hear your story. So tell us how you got started in hair because it's so, so fascinating. Okay, well, it all started when uh, my mom, she's going to kill me for this, but um, she was not the very best at doing my hair. And I had a lot of hair growing up. And um, it was always be experimenting with my hair. And then I watched Different World, which I'm sure most people know about Different World. Oh, yeah. And I watched Freddie on Different World. Mm -hmm. I loved her hair. And I was like, I want hair like Freddie because I thought it was unique. I thought it was wild. I kind of like that stuff. But I went to the hairstylist, asked her that, and she said, oh, honey, you don't have that type of hair. And so, but she didn't know. She didn't know. And so I continued to keep getting my blowouts and all that stuff. And I decided to eventually go natural because I noticed that I had the waves in my hair. And I was like, if my hair wave up, you know, after you have relaxing waves at the top, mm -hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't the rest of my hair do that? And so I decided to do more research in how to make your natural hair stay that way. And I found that the key to all that is hydration. Yeah. And so when I started realizing about making the hair more hydrated, that's what my whole salon is based off of hydration. Hence, it's called Hydra Bar. Wow, so I love that. That's but you weren't always in hair, right? This is not your first career? No. Um, my first career was I went to college for sociology. Okay. But I mostly did sales and I did a little bit of sociology when I worked for a camp for kids who were sexually abused. Okay. Uh, that was emotionally tolling on me. Mm -hmm. So I realized that it's not really me. So hair has always been more my passion. Okay. And um, I decided to pursue it. Yeah. Wow. And so pursuing it meant you going to get your cosmetology license? Right. Yes. Wow. I had um, just moved out to California and I had, you know, had got married at the time mm -hmm. and um, my, I had nothing else to do. So I figured, let me go ahead and go to cosmetology school. Um, my the husband at the time, he, um, you know, encouraged me to go and it was always a passion of mine. I was already doing YouTube anyway about hair. 
Well, like, just like, like, what does that mean? I did YouTube before <laughs> YouTube was popular about hair, so I was doing it. I'm like one of the OGs in <laughs> YouTube. Wait a minute, so you were just putting up videos? I was just putting up videos. It wasn't even a thing back then. Like, what, not what really. What were you doing on those videos? Just different stuff. Just um, roller sets. I would make an oil concoction and all that type of stuff. And this was before your license. This is before my license. And so what's so weird now, anybody who knows me know that I'm very anti-oil. And so I've tried all the stuff that has been out there on YouTube beforehand. Okay. Like, this is nothing new. And so um, once I got out to California, I had nothing else to do because I was just there by myself. And I figured I'd go to cosmetology school. Mm -hmm. And I went, and it was like one of the... Well, school was not fun, but because of the experiences I had there, but actually learning and getting my license was one of the best decisions I could have made. Wow. Now, why do you say that? Just because of where you are now? Um, yes, because you, I'm doing something that I actually like. Yeah. Because my other careers I had before, when I worked in sales, it was more corporate. I, I worked with a bunch of... Um, let's say a bunch of men who didn't look like me <laughs> <laughs> right and it just was not fun and it kind of lets you know every day you know that you're different and it always lets you know every day that you're a woman mm. and so I always had to you know kind of hide in the corner yeah and so that's not fun I mean selling can be challenging anyway because you're having to talk to people or convince people like to buy something that you're not completely convinced of yeah but doing hair just came natural to me because okay. I've always been the type who can always do hair because my mom couldn't do my hair so I had to learn how to do my hair yeah. and so I always was good at doing hair but when the natural thing came up and I discovered how to bring your natural curls out I'm like oh no this is a whole nother thing this is not just doing hair this is like so, but did you blood. learn that in cosmetology school? No, um, but it helped. I would say that. Um, I actually picked that up on my own because it all started like when the stylist told me that, honey, you don't have a type of hair. And I've always been the type of person like, mm, I'm going to show you, you know? And oh. so I wanted to see like how I can get that look. And so I really kind of played with it. Okay. But when I got to cosmetology school, the pieces came together. Mm. So I was, I was already doing it. I was doing it the traditional way, like how people still do it now. Like they use echo styler and all that type of stuff on their hair to make the curls but when I was in cosmetology school I went deeper it's not even about making the curls it's about how the hair is getting hydrated that's where the hydration component came in okay so really the science behind it's it. the science behind it because okay. making curls that's easy but the thing is that hydration is a whole nother thing wow yeah. okay and so after talk me through like the the transition so after Cosmetology school, where did you work? Cosmetology school, I actually, because I was married and my husband was in the military, I just kind of did a little bit of hair in California and then we moved to Florida. And then when I came to Florida, I worked for a salon here. I worked for two salons here. And then a situation happened where I was forced to basically get out on my own. I didn't even want to own a salon. Not at all. Didn't even want what? to. So what type of hair were you doing? Same thing. Same yeah, working came, with curls. Like that's always been your my specialty. Thing. Yeah, because even when I went to cosmetology school, remember I was motivated by the curls. Right. That's the reason why I even decided to do that. I was motivated by the natural hair. Okay. And um, I was doing the same thing. I was forced to kind of go on my own and I got a salon suite. And I didn't know Wait, it was That like is your first, first out like, the gate. 
No, no, no. I worked for two salons, but after the two salons, I got a salon suite. So okay. I had two salons here, and it grew so fast, it was just crazy because of what I was doing. Because I already made like a little bit of a name for myself at the two salons while I was here. Mm-hmm. And then when I went on my own, it just got crazy. And then I had to hire other people to work with me. Wow. And um, I taught them how to do it. And I just kind of been teaching people and it's been stable ever since. That's amazing. And so how long were you working at the two other salons, like timeline-wise? Um, the first one, maybe a couple of months, maybe like five months maybe mm -hmm. and then the other and one this is, it's fine we're, it's COVID times it's her son <laughs> tell me so we were talking about your timeline so how long were you working in other salons okay so the first one was maybe like five months and then okay. the second one uh maybe it wasn't quite a year it was close to a year but maybe like eight months in the second so one less than a year at both salons but you right. were really making a name for yourself I was and it was so unexpected I think the YouTube helped me out too because I was really heavy on YouTube oh. maybe around that time like before that time so a lot of people knew me from YouTube okay. so that helped a lot okay and hold on yeah now were you doing clients hair on YouTube or were you just doing your hair I was doing mostly my hair I did do a few clients hair on YouTube but not many just mostly my hair and just talking I, I had a lot of hair blogs up there just oh. talking about you know my ideals on hair so this is like great for any new stylist would yeah. you like because I was just gonna ask you less than a year at both places I was thinking maybe the salon was bringing in people but you no, were bringing me. in your yeah. own clients. Yeah, I bring them my own clients. All yeah. right, new stylists, new barbers. I hope you listen to this because mm -hmm. this is like a tip right here. Yes, that's the key because that's what made me different, unique. I mean, even like now when I hire people to work here, like they don't bring in the clients. I still have the same capability to bring in my own clients. Wow. So I mostly bring in clients for the whole salon. Okay. Now yeah. the salons, the, the first salon you're working at, how was that set up? How was the pay schedule? Were you commissioned? Were you booth renting or employee? So, how was I said that's so long, I think. Right. <laughs> so I know, I think she paid me like 30% and that was kind of low. Yeah. Like it was like 30%, but I was just so anxious to just get something because I had just moved here. And you know, I'm fairly new in the game, yep. you know? So I just wanted something, I'm in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to do hair in Miami, but then, you know, the second one, I think I got I don't even remember what I got there. I know it wasn't that much. <laughs> but it was still like commission based. Yeah, it was commission based, but it wasn't that much. I remember one of my lowest checks was like twenty five dollars. Twenty five? And this was every week that you were getting paid? Yeah, I mean no no. The second one actually I remember the second one was strictly commission. Like oh. the other one I think she did at least give you a salary. The first one she gave you a little bit of a salary and, and then it was commission. like thirty percent. Okay. The second one was strictly commission. Wow. And I had moved from people who are down from South Florida, you know, going from Dade County to Broward County is a big deal, even okay. though they're only like 30 minutes from each other. But it's such a huge deal. So the first one, I was in Dade County. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to the second one, I was in Broward County. And people from Dade do not come to Broward. Oh, <laughs> and vice versa. okay, okay. <laughs> so I had to switch my clientele a little bit. I see. Mm -hmm. So then you were there at the second salon for eight months, and that was commission only. Commission only. And then from there, now, okay, I know you were doing the YouTube, so how, like, the percentage of clientele coming from the salon and coming from you 
and your YouTube channel, what would you say that percentage was? I don't think any clients came from the salon came from me. I, all my clients were were definitely what I brought in. Wow. Yeah, they're from either my YouTube or they're either from me passing out business cards. I didn't just do social media either. I actually passed out business cards. Yeah, that's And another. when I meet people and stuff, I give them a card because my hair was my biggest representation. So they see my hair, they're like, oh, I love your hair. Oh, really? Okay. You can have this too. Right. <laughs> and so that works and it still works to this day. I still do it to this day. Oh, good. So right. you're never stopping the oh, grassroots. No, because um, when you meet people out in the street and stuff, you have genuine conversation with them. They get to know who you are. And then you don't know who you talk about. Because think about most people, and I always bring this up, most people who can probably actually afford your services, they're not necessarily spending a lot of time on social media. That's what people oh. don't realize. So you want to talk to like people when you're out. Because think about who's on social media, who's on Instagram. Yeah. These are um, people who are, you know, influencers who, you know, already may be like modeling other products or, you know, trying to so make true. money up there. Like, like business people and, you know, people like in the high profession who can pay dollar. you. Right. Right. They're not on social media. That is so true. Right. Oh, I love that. And then, so... I think what was great for you is that the curly hair really motivated you. So you always knew that that's the lane you were going to go in. Yes. Right. When it came to when I became a professional. Right. Right. Now, were you ever tempted to say, okay, I'm going to do curly hair, but I'm also going to do cuts or I'm also going to do weaves. Like, were you ever tempted to broaden what you offer or what you what you you know provided? Yeah, that's a good question. No one ever asked me that, but no, not really. Um, because I I always could do the other stuff, even when I wasn't like professional. Mm -hmm. I could do all that stuff. I could do the weaves. I could do the cuts. I yeah. could do the color. I could do the straight. I can even do relaxes. I do all that stuff. <laughs> but the thing is that it's not my passion. My mm. if I was going to do hair. I didn't want to do everything. I just wanted to have a niche, and my niche was curly hair. And to me, like curly hair was so new at the time, yeah. especially for like tighter textures. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, nah, this right here is the road to go. I don't want to be like everybody else. I love that because a lot of people. I mean, and I'm sure you know this. You you see it a lot, where you'll see hair professionals do a little bit of everything. You know, a mm -hmm. jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. How do you or what do you? secretly or maybe not so secretly how do you look at hair professionals who are doing dabbling in a little bit of everything well i would say good for them <laughs> but i feel like if you really want to scale your business it might sound like the opposite but you need to find like what your specialty is yeah you need to find what you are actually the best at because mm -hmm. just like i said i could do everything yeah but i don't want to do everything because you have people coming in the door and you're doing you know a braid over here you're doing a sewing over here you're doing natural hair over here you're doing a updo over here like you're gonna drive yourself crazy yeah. like you need to keep it streamlined mm -hmm. like it's you know that's when people say work smarter not harder exactly that's gonna make you work really hard be really hard on your body mm -hmm. just go with what you like the best yeah and and you know we we also talked about this before because when you talk about scale when you are doing a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. now you're talking about different tools, right. different products. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. when you specialize in something, you can uh, limit the amount of hair products that you're buying because mm -hmm. you're only doing one real thing that's your thing. Right. And so then you're able to scale even faster. 
and you're not spending as much money on products and then you can get that thing down to a science yeah exactly you know i don't have mine down as much as i like to okay. but i will say you're right though because i know what i'm ordering exactly. every month mm -hmm. i like there's ain't, there's nothing outside that box yeah mm -hmm. so it does make it easier uh, on aspect and it will save you money because you're doing things all over the place you would have to order you know a relaxer here or order exactly. rollers here order this there you know mm -hmm. you waste a lot of money too and we talk a lot about profit margins and so when you are able to specialize then though you really start to see those profit margins go up mm -hmm. because now your overhead is lower. Right, right. So, you know, we, we always talk about the numbers though, but um, that's one thing that I don't feel that a lot of hair professionals enter the game just understanding. Right. So what would be your advice or what would be, yeah, your advice to someone who says, well, what if I get bored? Um, <laughs> do would, you get bored or what would you well, say yeah, to that? You, you can get bored. I would say sometimes you get burnt out. I mean, you like you don't have to do like the same exact thing all the time. Pick at least three of them that you like to do. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like I say for me, for example, like we do mostly curls. But what we do to break out of our boredom sometimes, we might do a press. Because mm. that's not normally what we do. We can do them. We do them really good. Right. But our niche. Like I said, our niche is curly hair and natural hair, but it kind of breaks us up a little bit if we can do a press on somebody versus constantly having to do curly hair. Yeah. And the other thing that we do this top is um, color. Color is the next top thing we do. Actually, curly is number one service. Color is number two service that we do here. Yeah. And but I feel um, like color is almost like a given, not necessarily. Everybody don't do it though. Really? Yeah, everybody don't do it because we, we do like color, color. Like, and we, what's color, color? Not just <laughs> not just like root touch-ups and stuff like ah, that. Like okay. we actually um, do customize, change up the whole head, like oh. dimension, we do all that stuff. Yeah. I see. But so take me, I know that curly hair is your niche. Right. Now, when you go to your page, which is phenomenal, mm -hmm. and you guys have to check out Hydra Bar, Salon, right? It's right. that Hydra Bar Salon. Yeah. Amazing page. But Thank when you, you when you're on your page, you know what you do. Exactly. And <laughs> there is no question. Mm -hmm. If someone goes to the page, you know the salon caters to curly hair and you know what you're gonna look like. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see the other stuff that you do is that on purpose yeah that's on purpose okay because take me through yeah your, your line of thinking there because i don't want everybody bombarding us about straightening because that has happened i learned that in the past i used to post like the straight looks on my page and i have a whole bunch of people call me about straightening now don't get me wrong i like it to break it up every now and then but i don't want to sit here and do no silk press all day i do like right. to do the curls i prefer to do that over anything for one the curls are quicker it's easier it's not taxing on my body and and I mean, as far as the profit ratio of it is much, it makes more sense. I don't take as much time to do it. Yep. I make more money off of it. Yep. Press, you take a lot more time and you don't make as much money off of it as you think, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. So I don't want to sit there and do a bunch of press. So okay, I see what you're saying. Posted. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that because it's, it's so true. Right. So then how do you get those few people? Is it that you have clients that have curly hair and you're suggesting like, hey, you know what? You would look really cute with a silk press this week. Right, so it's like an inside job. So if anybody oh. new come in, nah, they're not going to get it. But I love that. Right, it's like a, a, 
a, you only know if you know type thing. Right. And it's the same thing with color. We don't do color to outsiders either. If they're not really? in the salon system, they're, they're not getting color. They're not going to get depressed. They're not going to get color. So how many times like is it, a, is it, a, is it system, systematized where... You say, okay, I'm gonna see someone at least three times. It's funny, it's the number three. No way. Yeah, three is the number. Mm -hmm. So after three services, then and only then, they can book a consultation for color. And then <laughs> we'll discuss color. Now, do you need a consultation for straightening as well? No, not that. Okay, yeah. but, but the, the color, consultation yeah. for color. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now take me through the consultation. What are you looking for? What are you asking? It's so funny when <laughs> you ask that because like, People would come in because they know we strict about color, and oh. so they'll be like, uh, "Hey, have I have I passed the test? Can I get the color yet?" I'm like, "Well, we'll find out when you get in." So we check their hair out, and if their hair is like they be doing what they supposed to be doing, and mm -hmm. they're pretty hydrated, feels good, they're doing good, and we're like, "Okay, we we'll start you off with a simple color. We we'll start you off with some highlight, maybe a little balayage, nothing like too major yet, mm -hmm. but at least give you a little pop." And yeah. they're usually okay with that. Okay. Um, and then once they continue to do good, then they can go more advanced. We have other advanced levels of color that they can get. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So tell us a, a little bit about the system that you're using um, to track color and your clients. To be honest, we could tell by just their hair, the integrity of their hair. That's where the hydration come in at because okay. um, it goes back to looking at their hair. like in the curls like you know sometimes you'll see like people just get curl definition mm -hmm. like what we do is so much deeper in curl definition the hydration what it does is we it's a science where we allow water to penetrate into the hair strands and so your hair can learn to soak up the water mm -hmm. and we can tell when your hair is doing it because your hair starts to lay smoother your curls become more defined it's not big bushy and wiry anymore it starts to conform oh wow so it really changes right in front of your eyes once you start getting it hydrated mm -hmm. once we see the client's hair is starting to do that then we know that they're ready to take color because the beauty behind it is once they get color they don't have to change what they're doing it's yeah. the same routine mm -hmm. Cause you know how you know some places you might go and you get colored but okay you had to come in for your treatment you had to get your protein treatment you do all this you gotta do that yeah. with us you don't have to do all that because we're already teaching you what to do we're balancing you out with hydration and moisture to start off with, we might tell you to come in and get protein depending on the state of the hair. But then with natural hair, because it's so big and bushy most of the time, not always, then they don't need a lot of protein in the hair right away because mm. it's already big and bushy, which yeah. is what the protein is making the hair do. Okay. If the hair is more limp, then yeah, we're gonna have them come in and get protein. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Okay, go ahead. But. Um, <laughs> You were in a, a suite. Right. For how long were you in a suite? Um, okay, so I've been in a suite for a while. So let me think. I moved around too. So okay. I was in one suite for maybe about maybe a year and a half. Okay. And then the next suite I went to, I stayed there for probably maybe a good two, maybe three years. So oh, wow. maybe like three and a half to four years in a suite altogether. And how did you know? you were ready for a storefront? Because when I had to end up getting two suites at once, I'm uh -oh. like, oh, this is too much money. Cause when you pay for a suite, you pay it weekly. And I think my suite was like, what was it? 275 a week. Okay. Can you imagine that? Imagine what that is per month. Like if I'm paying well, see, that, I might well get a storefront. See, I'm, I'm from DC yeah. and I think the rent and suites is much higher than 275. Wait, well, it probably is that. It was back then. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so 
you knew once you were you had two suites and did you have an assistant or was it still just you I, no, I had a whole salon running out of a suite. I no had, way. Yes, I, <laughs> I had, at one point I had three stylists, four including me, and we were all alternating. That's how crazy it got, and I was like, okay, look, I need to find a storefront. Oh my gosh, right. okay, so wait, so much to unpack here. <laughs> so the first thing I wanna ask is, a lot of hairstylists and barbers, mm -hmm. they get to a point where they built a brand, mm -hmm. and they have their own signature you know, way of doing something, whatever right. their specialty is. Mm -hmm. But they never graduate to having a team. Right. So tell me, kind of walk me through how you got to that point where you were like, you know what, I, I want to expand and I want to have right. other people. Well, this is the thing. You can't do it by yourself. You're only one person. Right. Like, how much do you think you could do? You know, so you have to hire somebody to work with you. Now, I will say it's not easy finding the right person because I had to go through quite a few people. Yeah, tell me, how did right you, person. what was your process? Oh, Lord have mercy. It's all trial and error because when I first hired people, I didn't know. I just wanted help. Mm. Were so you going to like beauty schools or what were you doing? Like, did you want people who were fresh out of school? Did you um, want some people that had some experience under their belt? What, what were you? So I tried both. Um, so the first one, the first couple ones, they had some experience under their belt. They didn't know how to do what I was doing. I have to, I always know this. I know I got to teach everybody what I was doing. So yeah. no one knows that. But they had some experience under their belt. And you know, it works out at first. But what happens is, they don't want to work under you anymore because they feel like I have just as much experience as she do. Now they didn't learn what I learned. Exactly. They feel like they had just as much experience as I do. So I learned quickly that I don't want experienced people necessarily working under me. It just, I don't because it doesn't work out always unless it's somebody who absolutely have no interest in just doing anything else. They just want to kind of chill out. So, how do you vet people? So, does that mean... I like them fresh out of school. I love that. Because I can mold them. Ah, oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. No, I'm serious because I want more... I'm so glad you said that because mm -hmm. I want more hairstylists and barbers who really want to build a brand, who really want to build a storefront and not just the booth rental model because right. you they weren't paying you a chair rent, right? They were, You were giving them commission? Right, commission. Exactly. Right. So, these are employees, right. I mean, well, well, or contractors, contractors yeah. right, contractors. So when when you have it set up that way, it's it's a different ball game. Yes. You know, and then there's more, um, oh, what am I trying to say? I just, I just know that for a barber, a hairstylist, anybody in the hair profession, I think that's a big step that a lot of them are afraid to make. Right. And Why do you think that is? Well, this, okay, I'm going to go back. This is the one thing I hear. I hear from other people, too. If you're going to do commission and you want people to stay on your team, you got to be able to do something for them. Well, I contribute to anybody that work for me. I can, I can bring the clients in. They ain't even got to do that. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Yeah. But most, um, I, I'm not going to say all, but I'm going to say a lot of places when people go work somewhere, they're responsible for bringing in their own clientele which they should if you want to be um if you want to make a name for yourself like you should yeah. but what's different about me is that you know you're working with me i'm going to bring you the clientele regardless yeah so it's like you can go here 
and you got to like scramble and hustle or you can come over here I already got people who want to come into the door exactly right. you don't even have to do anything you are literally just coming to work yeah you just come into work now if you're smart <laughs> uh -oh. you would actually be trying to build a clientele yourself if you're smart you know but most people who come in you know I don't know I ain't gonna say if you're smart I'm gonna just say depends on where you at in life yeah and yeah. what you want out of life right what you want out of life but if you're really trying to build a name for yourself you're trying to be big and stuff like that then you need to start building your own clientele too mm-hmm now are you ever afraid of the people that you bring from school they you know are under your wing you're mm -hmm. teaching them your technique is that ever a fear of yours that okay once they're here and let's say if you do have someone that's really ambitious and they are trying to make a name for themselves and build their own clientele clientele are you ever afraid of what you know them taking away clients um no it's no not really that the thing is is that I'm not here to make people stay here. That's not what I want to do. Mm. Like my thing is that if you let me know up front what your goals are, then if it sound if you if you're sincere and it sounds good, then I'll help you achieve your goal cuz I get it. Cuz I was I'm ambitious, you know, I'm yeah. the same way. So we're going to take a quick break for uh, a message from our sponsor and yes, I sponsor myself, but I, I got a funny feeling at some point you're going to be a, a future sponsor of this podcast. But uh, yeah, give us a break and we'll be right back. Never in a million years did I think I, Jen Druby, would own a hair salon. But for five years, I had a multi six-figure hair salon where my hairstylist even made six figures. And I was right next door to a barber shop. And that was my first time seeing the booth rental model in play. And I got so scared that my hairstylist would eventually leave once they got their clientele that I said, you know what, I'm just gonna train my stylist to do it on their own, make six figures without me, and I'm gonna sell my hair salon. That's exactly what I did. So now I put together a 10 week course where I show hair pros how to go from where they are to six figure CEOs in their business because I didn't do hair. I've never been to cosmetology school. I've never even picked up a pair of razors or clippers. So I was always doing the back end stuff. And because I was pretty much bored, I didn't do hair. I had all the time in the world. I'm a nerd. I studied small business taxes and now I'm a tax, I'm a licensed tax analyst. So you get the best of all worlds. You have me who built a multi six figure hair salon in the hair industry and you also get me as a tax professional that's also going to help you keep the money not just make the money but keep it so uh, click the link below sign up for the wait list and when it opens up you'll be the first one to know i would love for you to join me in this 10-week course called hair pro to six-figure ceo so make sure you sign up all right welcome back so now we're going to pick back up with this contract you just said this so i love it um, tell us about this contract that you make your your girls or your uh, commission stylists well sign. number one they all have to do it's basically a non-disclosure but within my non-disclosure it also has a little bit of a non-compete in there so mm. they can't um, talk about proprietary information in okay. here yeah and if they go somewhere else they can't work within a certain amount of miles Love from it. me yeah right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So smart. And I mean, I, I just really want people to take that away because um, it's natural. You know, right. you're going to have people that leave. Um, I had something similar in my hair salon where everybody signed a, a contract. Right. And if they left, they had to be at least 
I think it was 15 miles away. Right. And, you know, no, no harm, no foul. So it's up front and it's written down and everybody's on the same page. Exactly. I will share a story. I did have one girl that tried it and she did it. But I didn't go after her because the thing is I had bigger fish to fry, to mm. be quite honest. But I realized that it wasn't worth going after her because her business started to decline because of what people were saying. So sometimes, even though you have it in place, you don't have to necessarily execute it unless yeah. you feel like you need to execute it. Now, if I felt like she was like really, you know, going towards me and I feel like it was hurting my business, actually, mm -hmm. then yeah, I have the legal papers to actually go after her. Exactly. But it yeah. didn't hurt my business, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you have that happen only once or did you have situations? Um, yeah, once where she, um... Um, she got as bad where she, I don't know somehow she got a hold of my clientele list I don't know how she did that but oh wow she got a hold probably when she was leaving she was you know going through checking out the stuff cause you know they all have a schedule and so they can download you know the clientele list mm. and so I think she was contacting people through there oh, now wow. I could have busted her on that alone cause yeah I for have sure to, yeah I have the evidence but I've, I'm like this like I don't just point to sue, 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 but I do try to make sure I'm backed up in case I do have to sue you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so it wasn't hurting my business, even though she tried to do it, but it doesn't matter. If it was actually affecting my business, yeah, I would have went after Do you her. know where she's, what she's doing these days? Um, I haven't checked lately, but... Okay. Um, not hurting your business. No, no, right. Matter, no. You have your core <laughs> right. following. Yeah. Exactly. So are you and I know you're doing a lot of the working on the business, not not a lot of in the business. So are you behind the chair at all now? No, not currently I'm not. So how long have how long have you not been behind the chair? Oh it's probably been let me see, this is December. I think I stopped being behind the chair maybe around August. So do you, are you officially retired from behind the chair or? I don't want to say I'm officially retired because I still like to do hair. Um, let's just say I'm to the point now I don't necessarily need to be behind the chair. Okay. Uh, if I'm behind the chair it's because I actually just want to do some hair. I <laughs> but see. Okay. It's more so this is the good side. I'm actually doing it for fun. I'm not doing it because mm. I actually have to. Okay. So what, what do you do now that so what is your working on the business? Because that's what you're mostly focused mm -hmm. on now, right? So what is that? Where does where is Hydra Bar Salon in five years? So you want me to ask, answer what I'm doing now? Or is that a two-part question? Two-part. Okay. Answer however okay. you feel. All right. So what I'm doing now day-to-day -day, is I have a whole other team that's outside of just my stylist. And so I have a marketing team. I now just hired a PR person. Oh my and goodness. I have a social media person. And um, I have a virtual assistant who helps me out. So I set up, you know, I have a virtual assistant set up this little thing, Trello, where I communicate I, I to everybody. Trello. Can <laughs> I we like just talk about Trello for a second? <laughs> for anyone who is like uh, type A, right. are you type A? Not real. Well, no. you know, towards business I am, but everything else, no. Okay. Yeah. So I'm selective type A. Select. I like yeah. that. Selective type A. Yeah. So a Trillo board is really cool because it just really organizes you, mm -hmm. and you have these cards. So it's a board, right. right? A digital board, and you have tasks, and you can see the progression of those tasks. Right. And I love Trillo boards. I do too. Um, most of the time, I just kind of put 
stuff up there that needs to be done and then you know they kind of work the board themselves right and then it's, right and I'm and I go out there and I monitor I look at it and then if I see something to be plugged in then I plug in what needs to be done a trailer board like for example today uh, one of the things that I might be looking at is community <laughs> and so I put in there hey research social media girl hey research community see how to work it boom that's what? it what yeah and all right then, let's break down these roles because I think people want to know and right. I I'm not even letting you finish, but that's no, what no, you're doing now. But the five years, okay. Yeah. Tell me the five-year plan. Um, the five-year plan, it could go two ways. I'm just trying to think about it. I know that I want to build Hydro Bar out to be more, um, to include more like relaxing services where I want to focus. I still want to focus on more of the hair care side of it. Mm -hmm. um, I know people always ask me, are you include nails and facial? No, I'm strictly hair. Yes. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> just hair over here. Right, but we want to be innovative with hair. So yes. I want to include like other services. I want to expand Hydrobar definitely within five years. Um, people have asked me about franchising. I don't know about that, um, but they have asked me. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and people ask about opening other locations. I don't know about that. Depends on if I can get a team, because you okay. know you have to have a strong team to yes. do that. Mm -hmm. Um. So it could go either way. I'm, I'm going to just see where the cars lead me to go. And then I also thought about doing a hydro bar training, which is probably the more realistic one, where okay. I could train other stylists yeah. to do the techniques that we do in here. And they can use the hydro bar brand. They could say they're hydro bar certified. Yes, and I so love that. I, I like the idea, too. I just want to lay it out really good. And I know people have been, the other stylists have been asking me for the longest, like, when are you going to do that? But I'm... I guess I'm a little bit type A in that part. You are. <laughs> I want to make sure that it's laid out seamless because there's still things here that I'm trying to tweak and get down because like one of the things that we're trying to look for now, I'm trying to hire a top-notch receptionist. Like, I mean, she got to be bad, like bad, bad. Virtual or do no, you want her in, in person? Oh, All right, so. He or she in person. He or she, I love right. that. Okay, so if you're in Miami <laughs> and, well, are you moving? So well, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Right. And you are bad mm -hmm. at just customer service. What, what are the qualifications you're looking for? You just have to be customer service friendly. They have to be smart. I know that just sounds like kind of vague, but you got to be smart with booking. Like, mm. don't just take appointments like, okay, blah, 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 you know? So what does that mean? Like, when you say smart with booking, what do you... You got to try to make it fit in like um you got to make it fit be smart booking basically you got to make it fit in where there's not like a whole lot of gaps between the days uh. like you got to be able to balance the stylist because i have three stylists working here okay. eventually four mm -hmm. like you gotta book it smart you know how do i describe it so tell us like for I instance give you example okay yeah. one thing i'm gonna do like I was, and I must say, I got it from one of the people on my team, which is a great idea. I was just using strictly online booking okay. for it. But I realized online booking has some gaps. So I also need to have a manual book to write it down so they can cross-check each other. Oh. Because sometimes with online booking, you can't really see the gaps because of, you know you get caught up by you know the colors and stuff that they put up there. But if you write it down, you can kind of see it clear. You can match back and forth between the two. Okay. And it's crazy, and I tried that exercise, and I was like, Wow, I never realized that. So you like that? Yeah, you need you need to make sure you're doing your checks and balances when it comes to scheduling. Because most of the time we think, just schedule somebody, that's it. 
but you need to make sure is it like really maximizing your time yeah I guess that's what I'm looking for I need a receptionist who can maximize the time that we are open throughout the day yeah mm -hmm. and like you no know, most people I've hired before they don't think about doing it cause yeah the number of people who are coming in that's how you make your money yeah right yeah. so we got to make sure i want a receptionist who can really man that scheduling so okay yeah that's important to its science so are you a walk-in salon at all nope. you don't take any walk-ins no walk-in wow mm -hmm. and what's a full book for you in a day like how many clients so for each stylist they can take between five to six people okay a day yeah so how how long is a, a service typical like everyone's different of course but your um, typical service well our average service which we don't always do just all average services right mm -hmm. <laughs> but our average service usually takes no more if it's just like actually doing it maybe an hour an hour and a half okay. but with drying it might be two hours Oh, right. okay. But while they're drying, we will take someone else while I they're see. drying. Okay. But like I said, it's not all day those because we also have somebody who want to get cut because we do specialize in curly cuts too. Okay. So they might want to get the cut and the hydration. So that's a little extra time. Yeah. Or they might want to get a cut, steam, and hydration. So that's another extra time. Mm. So it's never just strictly, you know, the the basic serve. I don't want to say basic, but the 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 main service never just that yeah it's always other things on top of it mm -hmm. now are you are you timing your girls like yes yes i yes and i'm always um telling them what time and again time and again it was like and, and they was like uh well someone who got like thicker hair it might take them more like um so someone with average okay put this way the average person with the our um, number one service which is the hydra set it may take like an hour 45 mm -hmm. minutes to an hour to technically just do it that's yeah. it but someone who may have thicker hair or longer hair then they might take more like an hour and 20. Mm. and if they have really thick hair then it might be an hour and 30. okay right okay so we do know that and you're always on top of them with like it's so important. Right. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, when you're breaking down your prices, right, and you're looking at, you know, really three things. You're looking at the products, you're looking at your overhead, and then you're looking at the time. Right. And another thing, working with hairstyle, and this is one thing I have to talk to my girls about too. And I, and I understand, as a hairstylist, we're creatives. We're yes. into the creation. Sometimes we got to kind of cut that back. Not saying that you're trying to cut back the creative side of you, <laughs> but you got to be She's smart. You know, <laughs> you can't just if you got like a client sitting in your chair, and you know you got your next client in an hour. You can't be sitting there and talking to them about, ooh, let's do this type of funky haircut that you're not used to doing, or let's do this type of color that was not on the schedule just because you want to be creative. We yeah. ain't got time for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we do not have time for that. Keep it moving. Get so these I, people in and out, please. Right. Yeah. But, you know, where they're happy and they're getting what they want, but you don't want the person behind you waiting when you're trying to be creative on this person. If you want to be creative, then that's fine. Next appointment. Be creative. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. It's a balance there. Right. And you don't want, like you said, you don't want to stump 
someone's creativity, but at the right. same time, you just want to remind them that, hey, we're still running a business here. Exactly. You so, know? Yeah, so that's one of the biggest things I had to talk to one of my girls with. And they understand when I break it down to them like that. Now like, they do, okay. right? They do. And sometimes they have to stop themselves. I have one in particular, I'm not going to call her out, but yes. I have one in particular. She loves to get creative. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I know you do, but you know, you ain't got time for this right now. So <laughs> tell them on the next appointment, you can do all that because you won't have time for it then. Yeah. So. So bake it in, right. like bake in your creativity. Right. Just, just remember it's a business and next appointment, yeah. not, not today. Write it down and get inspired. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Write it down and get inspired. Right. Okay. So I want to break down these roles because you talked about your team. Right. Okay. So I have, <laughs> so I, I have the virtual assistant. I have a social media manager. I have uh, a marketing slash strategist person, and mm -hmm. then I have a PR, and she strategizes also. Okay. So um, the marketing slash creative, I like to call her creative too, because she's a creative person, and strategist and a PR, they work usually together okay because what they do kind of go hand in hand so they do like the they talk with me about like um the projection on where hydro bar and where nurture is going mm -hmm. so they talk to me about that i say yay nay i throw in my ideas they try to make it come alive because you know at the end of the day it's it's about you know how i want it to go yeah. and so but they're really good i usually like their ideas their ideas okay. are actually really good okay and um that's what they help me do and they try to make sure that it get executed okay my um social media person she runs my instagram mm. <laughs> she runs my facebook and she and my uh, virtual assistant work a lot hand in hand together because my virtual assistant is also very um She's very digital and she's very, um, she can be quite artsy herself. Okay. And so she can make a lot of the content and edit the videos and do a lot of mm. stuff. So she sends it over to her and my virtual, and my social media person is very good at um, talking to um, the people on our page. And she knows me well enough. She knows how I will respond. I was just about to say, she speaks in your voice. She speaks in my voice. Yeah. That is so important. She used to be my receptionist. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she knows how I. She okay, knows yeah. that's important. Mm -hmm. So are you completely 100% hands off on the Hydrobox Salon no. IG or? Well, oh, um, not really. I, I still go out there and I kind of check out some things from time to time. Okay. They let me know. I kind of catch stuff in between the cracks. I'm like, okay, respond, do this. I don't necessarily do the responding um, to the people always, but my voice is in there. So it's something major going on. Yeah. They let me know and I tell them how to respond to it. Okay. So now your your VA, your virtual assistant, mm -hmm. that was the one who worked hand in hand with your social media, right? Okay. Now who else is on your team? So you had you said you had a marketer. That's so, different from your social media person. Yeah, she's the creative. She works with the PR. So her and the PR work together. The marketer has been with me for a while. She's like the creative marketer. I don't know what they call her. She do a lot of stuff for me. Okay. You know? Okay. But um, she she's like really more my strategist who I talk about different ideas that I want to get done. Okay. And she'll tell me how we can go about getting it done because I have the ideals. I just don't know how to make it pretty. Okay. She okay. knows how to make it pretty and how to make it translate. 
And I what can't about do the that. PR person? The PR person comes in and she tries to make the image what I want to present, try to make it look right. Mm. So that's how they work hand to get hand because if she makes it pretty, then she can try to analyze is do this kind of fit my brand, do yeah. this fit, you know. So I would imagine you didn't get this team all at once. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. tell me who who was first, second, third? Okay. The social media person was first okay. because I was doing my own social media and I actually did a pretty decent job, but I just didn't have time to do it because social media is a another job. I it's a full-time job. It yeah. is. <laughs> and I don't really particularly love it, but I know what I need to do to yeah. do it. But um, when I was able to get that off my plate, I was like, thank God. <laughs> you know, that was good. Yeah. So she was number one okay. and I've kept her ever since because she has been great. And then number two was my creative, she's like my my strategist, my jack of all trade okay. <laughs> person. Mm -hmm. She came second and um, you know, she kind of helped me think of the brand on a whole nother level. So, mm. and once she got me going, then, you know, it was just full throttle from okay. there. Okay. And then I got my virtual assistant. Um, she has been great. She can do like little background stuff for me and she just does any little task that I need to get done. Okay. And then uh, I just hired a PR person. So, wow. See. So, yeah. I, I know people are probably wondering like, are these full time people that you're hiring or are these remote, like kind of task yeah. driven they're people? Re they're remote and they're all contractors. So, right now, they're still in a contracting phase. Once I can get past the hurdle, you want to ideally hire them hire some of them maybe as employees if okay. you can mm -hmm. but right now all I can afford is to contract down and actually contract is not a cheap either but yeah, yeah but like you have to have help because my biggest thing is you can't do this stuff by yourself yeah. if you see that you're making a profit just be wise and um who you hire yeah now you want to know who I really hire first before any of these people tell me accounting <laughs> Number one, you understand <laughs> why people don't do that. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> Numero uno, right. okay? That is number one. Right. Uh, let's talk about that for a second because right. a lot of people um, don't right. in the hair profession. Um, there's this stigma right. that if you're in the hair industry, it's all cash, it's under the table, mm -hmm. you know, reporting. Right. Did, were you, was that ever you? No, because I didn't want, okay, let me tell you a story about me. Yeah, I want to hear this story. <laughs> I had a job in college where I was making a lot of money for a college student. And it was like a little simple job. You know, you be at the airport and they have you do the credit cards and all that stuff, right? You feel like the oh, credit card. The, the person that's like, hey, try this out or yeah, sign up for this. Yeah, they yeah, get yeah. paid. If do they? You, yes, they do. If you sign up for a credit card, they get paid, okay? Oh, so, that's why they're so like. That's why, yeah, that's why they work their job. But they get paid. Okay. <laughs> I used okay. to do it, so I know. <laughs> so um, basically, I had made quite a bit of money one year for me being a college student, mm -hmm. and I didn't get any tax taken out. It was like all ten ninety nine, and I didn't get no tax taken out. I had an old Uncle Sam, so much money it was ridiculous. Ooh. So I got a slap in my face early. early. So I knew when I started doing hair, hey. 10.99 potentially. Me, I'm like, okay, let me get me an account because look, I ain't about to go through that no more. Yeah, right. Let me put this money to the side. Right, and then that's when they started talking to me about, you know, S corps and all that type of stuff. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, you gonna take care of that? Okay, what I need to do? Okay, <laughs> well, you go right ahead and do that. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> so that's number one, cause like. 
if you don't have like your money set up right you can make money all day long but if you don't have like your money or structure set up right then you can be screwed later and and you i'm talking about screwed where the government would start to come after yes, you yes you definitely that's <laughs> one person you don't want coming after you you, you do don't. not want <laughs> Uncle Sam. No. In your business. No, because he didn't came out to be before. He has? No, no, I'm talking about with oh, the, with, other, job. With the yeah. other job. Okay, yeah, I, I was like, list. okay. No, not here. Thank <laughs> I'm on the straight. They watch it. I learned my lesson. All right, government. Like, she is straight. We know this. <laughs> um, so, the uh, I just lost my train of thought with that. But no, it's, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, that's the stigma around like the hair industry. Right. That... Um, you know, it's it's cash heavy and, you know, it's just like, oh, right. we're not. But that was never you. You never wanted to do that. And no, because I learned. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of the do you count it at is just like it's a cost of doing business. Right. Right. It is. And honestly, it does. I will say at the beginning when you said it up, it's like you're paying so much out. You're like, why well, I got to do all this? But now I see the benefit of it because by me doing something, I have my business. Tomorrow is the eighth year of my business. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Eight years ago, by me taking the time to do this, now I can really benefit from it now. Yeah. Because I don't have to deal with that stuff no more. And I can see how it all came together. Yeah. So take that sacrifice. You're going to have to kick out some money at first to get it done. But you're going to be well, you're going to be better off if you do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it just feels freeing. Like yes. when you're, I feel like when your money is straight and when your business is on the up and up. Right. There's a it's a different level of like freedom and sense of just like relief. Like mm -hmm. there's no hiding, there's no finagling. And then also, you know, when when you go to try to buy something, right. You're not trying to put it in somebody else's name, right? Or making, you know, uh pay stubs. Right. Asking somebody, can you uh, create right. <laughs> none of that? It's just like, yeah, this is what it is. Like, you want my pay stubs? Here it is. Or yeah, you know, you maybe think it's about something too. Show what you make for real. <laughs> because if you're Tell trying, about that, so if you're trying to buy something, you need to show that you actually make money. Like I know, and I'm sure Jennifer, Jennifer knows too. We know that hairstylists and barbers make money. I we know this. We know. <laughs> Y'all know. Yes, you, you know. You know you making the money. Right. You just gotta but show it now. You if you want to buy something, like right now I'm in the process of maybe trying to look into buying property. If you want to do something like that, you gotta show that you actually make money. They ain't gonna say like, oh, um, we believe that you get this much cash. You gotta actually show it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had I had to learn I learned that to be quite honest that, that is one thing I did struggle with because you know we're taught old school you know you know just kind of you know keep your tip I claim everything yeah like, you, even your tips all yeah yeah because so would you deposit your tips or would you just write it down and just keep it as cash through the week for you personally how just did you cash do that? through the week okay. personally but now that goes in the bank I do I, all that stuff like no I need to sh them to see how much every penny that comes yeah. in because it matters now especially when you get grown like maybe the younger stylists might not realize it but when you right. get grown when you got you know kids family family like you need to show how much money you're you trying make. to build some wealth <laughs> right um you're trying to make that money work for you it's like it's not going to work for you if you're hiding it right yeah exactly and you know okay so this is like a pet peeve because 
I have people come to me, right? And it's just like, well, Jennifer, I'm just trying to, you know, hide my money, you know, and how do I shelter it? And they look at companies like Amazon, like Amazon don't pay any taxes. Well, first off, Amazon it is, is C-Corp too. They're C-Corp, exactly. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. We talked about that. It's a C-Corp and a C-Corp is totally different from someone who's an LLC or um, elected to be an S-Corp. Right. They have different problems. You don't have Jeff Bezos problems. Right. And when you are a C-Corp, not trying to get too technical, but when you're a C-Corp, your, um, your business is taxed completely separate. You're double taxed. That's what they call a double taxation because you're taxed as um, on an individual level. Right. And then your business is taxed completely separately. So they, they're trying really hard to avoid taxation because they're double taxed. But, right. you know, again, just who you're comparing yourself to. Like, don't, don't come to me asking, like, well, if Jeff Bezos can do it, can I do it? You're not Jeff Bezos. Not Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos got different problems. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's true because I think a lot of people don't realize because I know with um, even some of the, you know, my colleagues that I talk to, a lot of them not even like escorts yet. They still like yeah. sole proprietors. Yeah. And like before you could talk about getting to Jeff Bezos level, who's yeah. like, maybe, who's I'm pretty sure is a C-Corp. Yes. <laughs> like you even Oh, they have to be a C-Corp. First right. off, if you are publicly traded, <laughs> right. you have to be a C-Corp. Yes. <laughs> so, um, um, oh, shameless plug, because you know I have my course, right? And uh, we go over that, but uh, you know that's all I want to say. Her course is great. I took it. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you. And I did not pay her to say that. No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and, and um, just about your course too. I would say if if you are a stylist who really ready to take your business like serious, to be or a barber or anybody oh, in the hair industry. I'm, sorry, I'm, a, I'm a stylist, so that's why. <laughs> But anybody in the beauty industry, you really you really should take your business to the next level. You really need to start to understand your money. Like I get it, cause when we go into this business, we're more about you know getting clients in the door. Yeah. We're more about our craft and all that stuff. But once you see that you're starting to grow, you need to really understand what's going on with your money and get it structured correctly. Yeah. But number one, get an LLC and escort. S corp, yeah, and I right. would say even as an S corp, right. maybe not out out the out the gate. Well, yeah, they make a certain amount of money. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. at at a certain point, it's not really cost effective. Right, right. Because there are additional requirements when you are an S corp. So I, I wouldn't say straight out the gate. So if you're brand new, I don't recommend you doing the election unless you've been doing this for a while and now you're just structuring yourself the way you should. If that's the case, then you may want to do an S corp immediately. But if you're just starting out and you know you're you know straight out of school, it's not necessary. But do make sure you get an LLC. So yeah. And if you get an accountant, they'll tell you that. They will tell you that. <laughs> if you get a good one. But well, true. That's true. If you get a good one, because right. there are some that aren't that great. So. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's that's really important. Right. And what what other advice would you give someone? coming out of school let's take actually I want to give I want you to give advice to someone who's coming out of school mm -hmm. someone who is looking to start their own suite mm -hmm. and then someone who is growing out of a suite and looking at a storefront so let's take okay. the person who is straight out of school 
what is your advice? So if you're coming out of school, I really feel they need to work for somebody. Ooh, y'all yeah, don't want to do. hear that. I know y'all did not want to hear that. It's true. Cause let me tell you, even with me, even though I have my own niche, um, the good thing I got out of working for somebody, I learned what not to do. But it was valuable. Can, can we I learned amen. what not to do. Yes, it, it was very valuable because you just go in and start working in the suite. You don't have anybody to kind of like as, to have as a baseline. You yeah. don't. You haven't seen anybody. You need to go in and just see how they run business, how they operate, and then you pick some of those tips up. So anybody just coming out of school, it ain't just about doing hair. You gotta understand the actual business too. Yeah. And so talk to me for a second. So when you say work for someone else, yeah. do you mean? Because I want I want to make sure people are very clear on this because when some people can think that means going into a shop or a salon mm -hmm. and where they rent a booth. I mean, rent, no, no, yeah, no. rent a chair. And not booth renting. They need right. to take on a mentor where they can actually learn like how they actually do business. It's not just learning, you know, how they do hair. You need to know how they talk to clients. You need mm -hmm. to understand how they, you know, what systems they might use to make the business run smoother. You need to know how they do advertisement. You need to learn like the background stuff that might seem boring, yeah. but it's what's going to bring money into door mm -hmm. and if you don't know how to do that you can do hair all you want to you can be the best hairstylist in the world but the thing is that if you don't understand how to run the business you're just not gonna make no money or if you do make money you're not gonna keep it right, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. right um, and then talk to me about what advice would you give the person who is let's say booth renting okay and or actually booth renting or working for someone else okay and they're now thinking about going into a suite what advice would you give that person okay so first of all i would say don't burn bridges you Ooh. always want to be upfront. Are you never listening know. to this yes because you never know you might need that person or they might can help you out later to be quite honest yeah um but what i would do is make sure that you had have the capability to build a clientele i'm not saying which i know some people do anyway i'm not saying like take the client that you already have and go somewhere else you need to have the capability to know how to build beyond that because one thing i always tell my girls everybody work for me clients are not loyal oh not at all Ooh. And you're going to find that out very quickly. Because with me, honestly, like I'm grateful for my clients, but I don't depend on them to come. Yeah. I depend on a certain person to come. I'm always constantly building new clients coming through the door. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if they're gone, I don't miss them. Somebody else can came in. Yes. And that's what most hairstylists, well, some hairstylists, or especially new ones, they don't understand that concept. Mm. So clients are not loyal. So don't think you can go somewhere and you can take somebody's client and they're going to come and stay with you. Because let me tell you, I have girls who've done that. No clients come right back over here. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it, so would you say clients aren't loyal, but also that clients are self, they clients are looking out for them. them. Right. Yeah. And I ain't mad at them. I get it. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's natural, right? I yeah. mean, so clients are in it for the person in the mirror. Yeah, they're not. There. It, it's not yeah. about you. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take this person. Oh, she really wants me. No. Mm. Believe me, it's not you. It's what you can do for her. Right. Exactly. Or him. You exactly. know, if it's a barber. So, 
If you are closer to their home, mm -hmm. if you are available that day. I said, you're available that day. You know, exactly. <laughs> Your right. hours. Right. I mean, like you say, it's not a loyalty. It's who can do what I need. Exactly. And that's why you, as the professional, as a stylist, you need to learn how to generate clients. So how do you, so you telling, you need to learn how to generate clients. What do you, what does that mean? So basically you have to know what you're selling. You have to be confident in yourself, know what you're worth. And you have to present that to the world. Mm -hmm. You have to present that either through social media, well, I'm gonna say both social media. You got to present it when you're going out. You just got to be able to present what you represent in confidence. Yeah. And if you can't do that, cause I know many people who are great behind the chair, but if you can't have a full conversation with people and let them know exactly what you do and speak to their heart, you know, about their hair. You know, people are very sensitive about their hair. They are. You're, you're not going to cap captivate anybody <laughs> right no matter how good you are yeah yeah exactly okay so then so you know as I, well as I know there's a lot of hairstylists who are not that good but they have a lot of clients yo can That's we because, talk about that yeah but I ain't mad at them because oh I'm not mad at them either I ain't mad at them at all because they understand the game like it's all about how you capture that person but so, a lot of a lot of really successful good hair professionals the mm -hmm. ones that are very precise I feel like they get upset because they see someone who's not as good as them technically yeah doing a lot better making a lot more money or having a lot more clients but it's like you say because it's right. not just what you're doing it's yeah. everything around what you're doing it is it ain't about that so they gotta they have to get over that it mm -hmm. ain't about that you gotta get your i don't know social skills together i don't know what it is but you gotta get it together get you know, yourself Get your social honest. skills together. Yeah, <laughs> just being honest. Like, and you can't, and I've seen people like that too. You can't be like a diva or whatever they call the guy. You can't be like that, like, well, I'm the best, I'm this and that. They don't care. Nobody cares about that. Nobody. They, they don't care about that. It's all about how you connect with that person. Yeah. And it's all about, like you said, you available that day, you not available that day. Like, it's, you yes. don't know what the customer is thinking. It's right. thinking. Mm -hmm. But you got to continue to be a person who seems to be kind and someone who seems to be confident about yourself but not in an arrogant way yeah where you can always continue to draw in new people so even if that even if Susie don't come back <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> because Rebecca's coming through the door that's right <laughs> Rebecca is coming right. through the door yeah <laughs> yeah just operate out of abundance right. not out of scarcity right. I think when you start uh, operating out of scarcity you you lose a little bit of yourself and and then you're chasing clients you always want the mindset of attracting clients and um right. you won't you won't do that if you are you know so worried about that right I, had, I have clients who email me and call my staff all the time and say hey Rhonda you remember me I you know you did my hair and we did yada 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 I'm like I don't know who this person is but the thing <laughs> is is that they remember me and they expect me to know exactly who they are but I'm saying that because I haven't thought about them because yeah. I moved on mm -hmm. and I got you know plenty of other clients and came since then exactly so you got to think like that. You can't hold on to that one client. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was the person leaving either booth rental or uh, commission going into a suite. Yeah, they got to learn how to, you know, generate generate clients. new clientele. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, talk to me about the advice you would give to someone in a suite, maybe bursting out the seams, right, like yeah. you were. Yeah. Um, and they are really contemplating a storefront 
Um, uh, for, for one, I hope you have your structure set up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, like, now you know that you can get the people coming in. So you know you can make money. So now you want to make sure that your structure is correct. You want to make sure you're on the up and up on everything. Yes. Like, check. You should have an account at this point. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's yes. yeah, it's not a question. If you are going to open up a storefront, right. it's not a question. Yeah, you and I would one. say even if you're in a suite, right. I'm sorry, even if you're booth renting. If, if the I, only time I would say you don't need right. a, a, an accountant is when you are commissioned. Right, yeah, that's true. You know, but yeah. once you are in a booth rental situation, I think you need an accountant. Depending on how think? much money, Megan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they can get, I mean, they need somebody to definitely do their taxes. They might get somebody yeah. to do their taxes. But when you like making like money, like. Oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about uh, an accountant or are you talking about a bookkeeper? Because an accountant can do your taxes. Yeah, but they can. Are you, so what are you saying they need? Like the person who's in the booth. Right. You're saying right. what do they need? They definitely need someone who can count. Like my girls right now, they don't have the type of account that I have. Gotcha. You know? I see what you're saying. So they just have someone who can tell, who can schedule when they pay their quarterly taxes. Gotcha. And okay. they have someone who do that stuff at the end of the year, which is probably all they need for right now. Yes. Yes. But like someone like me, you know, yes. I need a lot more. I need, oh, yeah. You know, I have bookkeeper and a CPA. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. like when yeah. you get to that point, then you definitely need to make sure your stuff is on the up and up yeah on that. yeah and something else i would say about that person is um if you haven't hired an assistant just you know look to hire an assistant because you're only one person you don't want to get burnt out either yeah. so you're thinking about opening a, a storefront and you don't have staff under you just make sure like one of your top priority you need to hire an assistant and you need to hire if you can hire a receptionist mm. if you can a good one because you're not gonna be able to take appointments and do hair at the same time exactly so even if they virtual you need to get someone to help you out so i think that's the biggest thing with um when people are constantly busy and yeah. they're like doing clients, 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 mm -hmm. you need the help at that you really do. point. So yeah. go ahead and invest that money, get used to it. <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna to it's gonna come back. Right. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if you if you lighten up a load, if you have someone that's just answering your phone calls, how much more time you know do you get back? Right, you, you know, make more money. You make more money. Yeah. So, yeah. That's one of the biggest thing I had to learn was delegate, 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 delegate. So if you're on that level, now if you booth renting, you don't need to right. deal with it. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> but if you're at a point where you know you can build and you can grow your clientele, you got people coming in, then you're at a point where you need to delegate. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, this has been so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have really enjoyed this conversation and I know I definitely want Rhonda to come back because she's doing so much and we didn't even talk about everything. We didn't I mean, talk about nurture. Oh, oh wait a minute, oh wait a minute. Okay, we didn't talk about nurture. <laughs> but before we go, we gotta talk about nurture. Right. Um, but I do wanna say we are gonna have her back on because when you start your franchising or no, I'm sorry, your course, right. we gotta have you back on because people I know are gonna be asking, okay, well, I wanna learn from her. Yeah. So when it's all together, we're gonna to have you back on and we'll like unveil the okay, course. Yeah, good. that sounds good. But yeah, let's good. talk about nurture. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about nurture. Yes. Nurture is the first product that I released solo. Mm -hmm. um, it is a water locking gel and what I mean by water lock, and I hear people using that term water locking. Look, I trademark, I'm trademarking that so I'm using that term. <laughs> but uh, water locking gel. And it's in it, process. It is. It's in the process. So what it does is it 
takes the water in your hair after you wash it and condition it and it locks it in because what we want is for the hair shaft if since we're all hairstyles we want the cortex layer of the hair to be able to hold in water oh, sorry beauty industry i keep saying hairstyles it's okay barbers don't don't get sorry. upset don't 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 I'm get sorry. mad at her yeah i'm sorry <laughs> i mean barbers if you guys have curly hair clients they have it too because i didn't give it to some barbers so yeah they see <laughs> so she's she's not hating i'm not she loves barbers too i do, I do. it's just that you know <laughs> she's just used to talking to the, the stylist i am so sorry. just forgive her but it's okay <laughs> I got y'all back, barbers. <laughs> you know, we're here. We're here. Keep me straight. Keep me straight. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it goes into the water hits the cortex layer of the hair. And what it does, it locks in the water so it can stay in there and so it can have time to build up. So it's almost like a bank account. So mm. if you continue to get water and hydration in hair, then it's going to allow the hair to become more flexible, more smoother, more manageable, more hydrated. Yeah. But what Nurture does, it keeps it in there. It yeah. doesn't interfere with water doing it versus other products, it'll push water out. Mm. Nurture don't allow that. So, and now since we're talking about the product, because mm -hmm. I have more questions, because mm -hmm. I mean, they just keep coming, but this is not private label. No, right? no, 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 no. So yeah. this is not, because I know a lot of um, one way that hair professionals can make more money right. is by, with merch, right? Right, exactly. And a lot of times people go into the product route. Right. And for you though, this is not like a private label. This is no. you work with a chemist. Right, exactly. I work with the chemist with this because it was just on the market like it. Cause we tried like other, I've tried many curly products. I've tried probably all of them. And I mean, I can make them work, but they don't exactly do what I need them to do. Mm -hmm. So I had to make my own. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell us about that process of finding like were you doing some stuff in your kitchen like how did i mean what were i mean you right for someone who's right. like okay how did she even go from like i want something to working with the chemist like what is that process right so i'm not the expert at making products just like other, other people not gonna be the expert at doing hair like how we are mm -hmm. i know what i wanted to do so what i did is i worked with my chemist to tell her what i wanted to do and i suggested things that i wanted in it and see what it worked she tell me yes she tell me yay or nay, and I try it, see if I like it, like, nah, I don't like this. Nah, we so need to do this, more of this. So is yeah. this like a Google search, like hair chemist? Like what? Nah, I want that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to read, you really have to research the different chemists, see if they flow with you, see if they work with you. Cause um, I tell you one place that I went to uh, search, this is, look, I'm just giving y'all one thing. I went to- <laughs> Look, she about to listen up. Right. Because she's saying, what, what that means is she don't normally say this stuff I don't because I'm gonna do a course on this later don't worry they still gonna buy the but, course um <laughs> it's a, a site you go to called happy it's h-a-p-p-i.com and you can find manufacturers and the manufacturers have chemists and you can start with one of them Ooh. now that's not how I found mine so I'm not gonna <laughs> talk about it but because I, I I did make a product for I'm not gonna talk about it too much because I'm going I'm still dealing with the lawsuit on no, that one no problem but I ain't gonna talk about that too much but so I know how to get you know a chemist and stuff like that so I found this chemist in a different way so but but talk me through because like so 
you knew what you wanted a product to do, but you've never seen a product do what you want it to do, right? Right. Now, my first product I made, it did it, but but even I like before the first, this one. right? Yeah. So like even before the first one, you no, you maybe. wanted a product to do something, right? And you've never seen a product do it. It didn't do it. Mm -mm. But you knew that it was worth exploring if it was possible is that like kind of how it started yeah because it goes along with my technique because one of the things i teach it i'm all about the water hydrobar right water hydration hydration and so all these products that i use they don't fully lock in water like some of them are too light so it's not heavy enough to lock in the water mm -hmm. some of them just take the water completely out because like traditionally especially in black hair care it's like a lot of oils in the products like if I'm trying to, what I'm trying to accomplish is hydration. Yeah. So the opposite of water is oil. So mm -hmm. if you got a lot of oil in it, it's not going to give me that result that I'm looking for. Right. And so there was nothing really on the market did it. I I looked at the more you know Caucasian products, mm -hmm. and the issue with those is that they usually tend to have a lot of protein in it. Mm -hmm. And natural hair, even though some people might debate this but I'm telling you with natural hair you don't want a lot of protein with natural hair okay because it makes it dry and rough because natural hair already has a lot of protein like my hair grows out yeah it grows out because of how much protein it has Caucasian hair is more limp so mm -hmm. they want proteins because they want it to bounce up exactly but when you're relaxed we strip our protein so mm -hmm. that's why we continue to put protein in the hair when we relax mm -hmm. but most Caucasian products have a lot of protein so that's not gonna work for natural curly hair either because it's gonna look like a dry afro mist right, right. so I, love I it. had to find something that was going to give it the water but it's not gonna make the water go out and it's not gonna make it look like a dry afro mist by adding a whole bunch of protein so is this more of a conditioner or is it a leave-in what is this no it's a gel so it's, it's a gel. finish so Shampoo and conditioning is important. Okay. <laughs> Even though we kind of take it for granted. So I have a whole nother step in how I do that. That's preparatory. Right, exactly. We're, We're not talking about that. that. Right. But um, <laughs> basically, after you do all that, we need to finish the hair up. We need to lock in all that great water we've been putting in our hair with the shampoo and conditioner. Smooth that in, put that in, boom, and go through, and it's locked in. So is this... Um, it's a, it's a, a gel. typical gel that will also harden the hair? No, it's not a typical gel. Um, you can't use it to slick your edges back and nothing like that. It's not <laughs> an edge control. Yeah, it's not that type of gel. <laughs> it's like a sure. botanical type feel gel, okay. but um, it's very much um, water holding. It's water locking. You know, right. it's very water locking. Okay. And technically, I guess, um, I guess it's just more. Um, I guess I should make it say water friendly because even after you put it up there and you add water to it, water still absorbs it to the hair. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. Okay. Now, talk to me about when you when you created this. So you have your chemist, mm -hmm. and this is only here. Like no one, like your clients, mm -hmm. cannot get this from anywhere else, right? No, just for me. Just yeah. from you. Yeah. Now, is the plan? Like, cause you you'll have some barbers, some hairstylists, maybe some hair retailers say, "Well, I want to sell right that's nurture, 
Yeah, that's, that's in the plan, right? It's in the plan. But like, yo, let me tell you, people, <laughs> oh boy, what's going on? They don't on? understand the product. Is I have hairstylists hitting me up. I mean, telling me like, uh, well, when are you going to wholesale? When are you do this? When you first make a product, you can't do that right away. Like that's the mistake that we made with our first product, and it's you know. It's, you just can't do that. You have to build up your inventory. You have to really build it up. I have to make sure that I got everything down and how I want the product to flow. So I'm not gonna do retail. So let me let me, yet. let me yeah. let me tell y'all what Rhonda's saying because yeah. she's being real nice right now. <laughs> what she's saying is don't be in her DMs right now. Okay. <laughs> Trust me, trust me. Once I have it, I would love to sell it to you. Right. But like, but don't be in her DMs. So I'm I'm translating for her right now. <laughs> she's being real nice. But what she's trying to say is, don't come for her right now. <laughs> just let me, just let me work this. Just let me work it. That's all. Just let me do this. And afterwards, I'd be so happy to do it for yes. wholesale. So happy. <laughs> but not right and when she comes back on the podcast when she's ready to do her course right we're gonna see if she's gonna be ready to do this so don't worry we will we will come back around we're gonna circle right. back to the nurture and people don't know how much money like private labeling is one thing but when you're making it from scratch people do not know the money you have to invest oh let's talk about it, it well let's talk scratch. about it because now you got people interested <laughs> so what we talking it's uh, what we're talking um, give us a range let's put it this way i have sold this product out three times and i'm i haven't yet been able to pocket money myself now, because you're still paying I'm, from the original investment i'm still investing gotcha. into it and that's what people don't understand they're like you got a product um, you're doing this you're doing great but the thing is that when you first have a product especially if you're making it from scratch like you have to keep reinvesting until it starts to actually level out for you where you can actually then start to take money for yourself yeah yeah and people are probably thinking like Oh, you're selling product, you're doing this, doing that, you you know, you you killing the game. Right. No, I'm investing. Yes, I do make a profit from it, but I am investing yep. back into it. So I don't get any of that. Right. And now. I love that because yeah. you know, you you never know. It's easy to look at what someone is doing from the outside. Right. And make a lot of assumptions. Right. But at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you know, we we keeping it real right here. So I appreciate right. you keeping it very real. And thank you. Thank you. You are investing, and it's nothing wrong with that. But you have—I mean, this—this this is amazing. And that's why I can't do wholesale, y'all. So don't be in her DMs. <laughs> Look, let me. Okay, so we're gonna put it real, like right here. We're just gonna have it right here. Mm -hmm. Don't be. Don't be in her DMs, y'all. <laughs> she's not wholesaling not yet. yet not yet not she yet. will come back when she's ready we're, we're, going, we're going to do the drop just promise me you're going to do the drop on this podcast can I, you promise me that I, I, I'll do that and then one more thing I do want to say about um, Ashton sorry y'all <laughs> so one more thing I want to say about um, starting a salon business because I would say this too and it just made me think of it I didn't start making real money from my salon till I were probably about a good five years in mm, say that again say I didn't it again. start making real money from my salon until I was a good five years in and I did stuff the legit way now if I could if I was just cash in pocketing money then yeah sure I would make money yeah but the thing is that when you set it up and you have the correct structure 
like it takes a little bit longer because you got to make sure everything falls into place now when i say legit money i mean like money where um it just come like clockwork yeah it's not like i'm not scrambling to yeah you're not looking people. yeah for for the money it's it's coming in it's coming in so now what would you say like those good five years is mm -hmm. it just that you were perfecting your systems or what was it that you yes. it wasn't like what would you contribute that to perfecting my systems and also um hiring the right staff because mm. when you have to let people go or people quit like that kind of messes you up big time yeah and especially they do it during the wrong time Ooh, and then you have yeah. to retrain on retraining people they don't work out so it's a lot of that so as i got more into it i can see signs and people already i don't like i'm like no no yeah hire you yeah, you, 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 you develop that ability to right. kind of, you get that sense and you're like, nah, this is not the person for me. Right, and that happened with experience, so don't beat yourself up if you're going through that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you live and you learn, exactly. Right, and I just really want to say that more for anybody new watching. Don't think you're going to start doing hair and you're going to make a, like a buku of money. No, that takes some time yeah. before you get there. Absolutely. And they say most salons, if you don't make it past, what is it, five years? Yeah, five years. With any business. Any bi you and, and marriage, actually. Oh, really? I mm, heard that. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's what it's all about. It's a whole nother podcast. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> but yes, um, no, I have heard that. Right. So every business, like, you get to that five-year mark, and if you make it, then it's like, okay, the, the hard part is done, and then you're on the, the up. Yeah. So, yeah. Stay Stay positive, stay yeah. motivated, and um, yeah, that's it. So, thank you so much for having, thank I mean, you. for being here. Thank and you. Ashton, thank you so much All for right. allowing me bye -bye. to, bye. you know, talk okay. to your mom. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, Ashton. Ashton, get out. Let's go. <laughs> wait, I gotta close this Ashton, out. She gotta close. Stop, stop. Come on, sit down. So. Sorry, come on, Seth. Yeah, no, this you episode. Said can be, you said I could do something real quick. All right, we do a thing. Okay. So, uh, thank you for watching uh, this episode of the Money Savvy CEO podcast. Uh, today's episode was sponsored by, uh, yeah, my company, my course, which is called. I just, I don't even think I told you this. So, I've renamed the course. And it's because you know I was like nameless for a while. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So now it's a hair pro to six figure CEO. Okay. So uh, yeah. So it's sponsored by the course, and uh, yeah. Uh, I hope you guys learned something. So transforming hair pros into CEOs.